Hi there. Welcome to How to Break Free from Alcohol and Cocaine. My name is Will, and on the 16th of May 2018, I decided to stop drinking. Throughout this podcast, I'm going to take you on a journey from my darkest moments with alcohol and drugs all the way to what life looks like now. I hope you enjoy this, but even more so, I really hope it helps. Welcome back. So today I talk with Dan. Dan reached out to me last year wanting to discuss how to approach stopping drinking. He is currently celebrating over a hundred days alcohol-free. His clarity and his positivity makes him a true inspiration for anyone who feels like it can't be done. I'm so grateful to have been a part of his journey and to see how much he has embraced this change. I truly enjoyed our conversation and I hope you do too. I know it can be a little bit daunting kind of sharing your story, but I think one of the reasons I wanted to have you on so much is because I have been heavily involved in your story from that moment you decided yeah. to stop drinking all the way up until now, which I believe is uh, we've just hit 100 days, right? Yeah, just over about 100. Yeah, 103, I think. So, Mate, so, so yeah. good. And I think one of the reasons is, and I, I know you know this, but we have a very, very similar journey or similar relationship with alcohol. Mm. And also when I stopped and watching when you stopped, it's almost on that similar trajectory. And like I normally do on these podcasts, I just kind of want to recap and go back and just to begin with, find out how did it all start for you? Like in those, I'm, I'm guessing those teenage years, what did it look like when you had that first drink? What did it feel like? And basically, how did it come about? Yeah, mate, I guess going back, don't see too much out of the ordinary, to be honest. So I think like most people probably started having a drink at home at what, 14, 15, nothing too outrageous, just sort of family stuff. And then... I played rugby as well, so we'd often finish a game at 15, have a few beers in the bar after, but again, nothing sort of too out of the, out of the ordinary, really. Yeah, I sort of was, was allowed to drink at home. i drink with friends as well, so I guess similar, similar to most people, you'd go to the park, wouldn't you? Have a few drinks after school. Mm. During sixth form, might, might pop to the pub for a cheeky pint at lunch. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say the relationship with alcohol back then was a really fun one. So like you'd go out. It was very social. Everyone was having a good time. And there wasn't really any downsides, to be honest, because you'd have like, <laughs> you'd have a great night out. You'd wake up, have a fry up and then just crack on with your day. So that was probably sort of my, my younger years in that relationship with it. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I, I really understand that because when you're a teenager, when you get drunk, there, there wasn't the same level of like hangover or guilt or responsibility. So I remember... You just wake up at 15, 16, you've had a crazy night and it's nothing yes. but fun stories or crazy things happened at a house party. And it's I, I find that to be incredibly deceptive because that's your that's the point where you're building that foundation of understanding what alcohol is. And I feel like that might stay with us for a while, seeing it purely as a positive thing, because there's not really much negatives there. Is that kind of how you felt about it? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I could, I mean, at that age, you remember you can bounce pretty much anything, can't you? So yeah. you'd have a cracking night out, like wake up and then just carry on with your day, like go and play sport, go for a run, like literally nothing impacted. Um, yeah. So and I remember great times as well. Like I remember sort of like 
after a game we'd have we'd sort of go into town afterwards and stuff and they're like really really good memories and it's it's bonding at that age as well right with with mates from school with mates from rugby it was um yeah it was just yeah I, I look back on that time very very fondly really and then obviously uh we met when we were probably what 18 19 yeah first yeah. time and our you know we would I, I i think it's fair to say we were never that close but we knew of each other yeah and we also were in an environment at university where drinking was not just i don't know how to describe this it was encouraged it was so encouraged i think yeah it was at our one particularly wasn't it so yeah. yeah i mean we obviously had a similar experience um obviously both being at the same place but i remember we rocked up there and i think by the time by the time i got to university i'd already i'm like pretty seasoned in terms of boozing and stuff so you sort of knew what to expect and was quite excited for it um, but we had freshers fortnight, do you remember? So it wasn't like a week, it was 14 days just off the bat, which is way too much looking back on it. Do you know what? It was crazy because I remember seeing that as such a positive when all my other mates were going to university and they had a freshers week and we had a fortnight. I remember thinking, wow, this is going to be just so, so much fun. We get to go out every night for like 14 days. Yeah. I remember it was still to this day, one of the worst times of my life, like, <laughs> I remember I remember getting so sick because, you know, I was I was drinking crazy amounts every night. I didn't let my body repair, didn't let it heal. And I remember even waking up in those first two weeks in the middle of the night, like dripping in sweat, hallucinating in my room. It was it was so intense that that was seen as a positive thing. It was, yeah. But I guess you, you turn up, don't you? You rock up, you don't know anyone. And the natural thing to do as a mixer is for everyone to have a drink and I think our university was, was was pretty boozy by nature anyway. It was like a big campus, wasn't it, and stuff. And everyone knew each other. But, yeah, I think, again, though, nothing's out of the ordinary, is it? Like, I'm not, I mean, this isn't like a, a unique story. Go to uni and, and drink a load. Like, it's, it's what everyone in the country does. So, um, for me, that just carried on, carried on as normal. I probably struggled in terms of, like, actually doing any work at uni. But I muddled through and, like, had some, like, met some really good mates there and stuff who were who are some of my best mates to this day. And yeah, like, I mean, what do you do as an activity? Like we used to go to the pub most days and have a few pints and, and yeah, that was, I guess, the main focus for a lot of you, you know? Well, I remember that it was the, I think the first year of university, we were living in that same building, that huge block yeah. of, I think was everyone living there had either not made the grades or applied too late. So we were <laughs> in this side section where it was basically everyone who was a bit wild. Yeah. So I don't know what it was. Uh, I remember you were on a slightly different wing, but on those nights where I thought, do you know what? I'm going to have a night in. It was almost impossible because someone else in the vicinity was getting out of their mind. And it was kind of just like, it would attract you to it because it would kind of be like an excuse. And you think, yeah, I'm going to go out with them or I'll go out with them. And it was, it was almost like a 24 seven party block. It was. Yeah. And you were all, when I look at some of the other blocks where you had on suites and stuff, like we were all crammed in and it was very, very lively. And I'd love to. I'd love to say, mate, that I like someone was always going out and instigating it. And I, but I, I was probably more of a leader than a follower in terms of the going out. So, yeah. like, <laughs> I, yeah. I probably was the person that was stoking the fire a bit and saying, like, why the hell would we stay in? Like, we've just got here. This is amazing. And that was a great first year. But obviously, it's a bit of a blur, isn't it? You only have to only have to hit some pretty minor grades, and you can basically just use it as a year to tear it up. So, yeah. yeah. Can, I can definitely relate to that as well, that I was definitely more of a, a lead and a follower when it came to a night out. It didn't really, 
didn't really take much to kind of convince us to go out. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, after that first year, I don't think we really spoke more than a couple of messages on social media for about probably just over 10, 10, 11 years, I think it was. Yeah. Because then the next time I heard from you was actually when you were around the, the place where you decided you wanted to give it up. So kind of what happened between finishing uni and reaching out to me in that sense? What what changed during those years? Yeah, so I guess it was it was a progression straight through uni where drinking was was heavy and that that sort of continued for two or three years but managed to sort of hold it together and and cobble together some sort of degree then I started working in the city which obviously there's still maybe less so nowadays but still pretty pretty heavy drinking culture and stuff and sort of fell straight into that with a bit of a uni mentality so Mm. hit the ground running and because you think at uni it was acceptable to have drinks three or four nights a week then I sort of took the same mentality to work, which is obviously a pretty, pretty immature one. But yeah, I, I would sort of go out to two or three nights a week, maybe. And, and again, like at this point, not really feel any repercussions. So still fine going in, like wouldn't, wouldn't take days off or anything. Still very much hold together the job. And from a quantity perspective, it was probably all sort of manageable at that point as well, sort of early 20s. But then I think probably over between sort of mid 20s and approaching 30s, maybe the your, your job potentially gets a bit harder and you've got a bit few more responsibilities in life generally and I think I mean looking back on it retrospectively with a clear head like I can now um, I was probably using alcohol as more of a as a de-stressor to be honest so mm. if you're a bit pent up about stuff be it be it sort of family life or or be it work related or whatever that would be my tool you'd sort of write call your mate go down the pub and then have a few beers and then immediately you feel feel a load better. But I, I guess through that period, that crept up from sort of going out for a few beers to always having 10 plus. And the, the repercussions are slightly different because then it does impact sort of how you feel the next day a lot more in every respect. So like anxiety, you're not performing properly at your job and then relationships suffer as a result. It probably carried on going down that path. And I'm not, I was never a massive one for moderating, mate, as as you know. Mm. So, like, you know, people can pop out and, and have two or three beers. And I think that's great. Like, I'd love to be able to, I'd love to be in that position where where people can do that. Because you pop out, have a few beers, there's no repercussions. And you've got a very sort of healthy relationship with it. But I, I would never, ever, ever go out for one or two beers. I'd either not go out or I'd go for 10. And there was no in between. And that never, <laughs> that never changed. So, yeah, I think I think when I was younger, the pros were absolutely massive for going out and drinking and the cons were almost negligible. Yeah. And by the time I called you, the cons were huge and the pros were pretty much negligible because I wasn't enjoying it so much as using it as a, as a tool. So the benefits weren't there anymore. And I saw like what you'd been posting on social media and obviously remembered you from university and I've been watching it for a while <laughs> and thinking, God, that looks that I, I knew deep down that I, I had to stop completely. Like I knew there was I knew I couldn't do any sort of in between because I tried that and I toyed with it for a while. And then I was like, fuck it. Right. I'll give him a uh, so you'll have to edit out the swearing. I'll, um... <laughs> no, we can leave it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'll, um, I'll just drop you a message and just think like, let's what what's um, what's the downside right to having a chat? And that was, yeah, that was it, really. 
to be honest, going back to, you know, going from university into that job with that mentality, I can, you know, it was exactly the same for me, especially moving to London. It was, it's hard to see it as a negative when it's, you know, everyone's doing it. And I can imagine back then in the city, it was very similar. You know, you, you probably didn't stick out doing that. It was probably a, a, a common thing to do because, you know, no matter what person I met in London from whatever industry, it was always very, very similar. It was, you know, once you get to Wednesday, it's drinks, Thursday drinks, Friday night out, Saturday night out, Sunday brunches. It was pretty much consistent. But yeah, yeah when, you know, when you say, you know, you kind of wish you could go out for a couple of beers. I used to think that and I was like, I wish I could be one of these people that just has that kind of limit. That's something inside them that just says, right, now you're done. You've had enough. You can go home. Mm -hmm. And I think there are people out there that have that. And I've met those people and I still find it difficult to relate to those people. <laughs> Because like you and like me, that switch just doesn't exist. We kind of, we don't really take it on as a depressant. We take it on as a stimulant. Mm. It's like once you start, you're like, oh my God, this is fun. I want to have more fun. Mm. And this is, you know, you, it, you were talking about how that kind of the scale shifts from, from it being mainly positive and it shifts to becoming mainly negative, but it's such a slow shift. Mm. It can be hard to kind of clock onto it until we kind of think, wait a minute, this is, this is no longer what it used to be. And I feel like it's those moments which are so key. And obviously, yeah, that moment where you reached out to me, it was so apparent instantly that you'd had that moment. You'd had that point where you think, right, this is not what it used to be, and it's, it's, it's time to make a change. Oh, yeah, I, mate, I agree with all of that. And I, I think, I can't remember who used the phrase, but you know when you hear the thing, like, oh, you being the sort of best version of yourself? Mm -hmm. I knew deep down that, probably in every respect of my life I, I wasn't I wasn't firing on all cylinders really and I knew exactly the reason for that and you know deep down don't you like I, I've I've toyed around with everything like like taking a two-week break or like giving myself only specific nights where I can drink but whatever way I I tried to shuffle the deck like basically you end up in a pretty similar situation of of yeah just not not feeling that great and yeah I think with when you say sort of the city like you you'd stick out if you don't drink as well. So like it's, it is very, very much the norm. But yeah, when I, when I spoke to you, it was, it's quite a scary conversation to have in a way, because when I look at my life, like everything revolves around, like I'm a sociable person, like with mates and family and everything, like everything revolves around the pub or something to do with alcohol, really. And I know it sounds bad, but it does, doesn't it? Like dinners, drinks, sort of just afternoons out, like that's sort of always always a focal point, really. Scary conversation to have with you at first, I'd say. I always praise anyone who who does reach out because by doing that, it's it's a very scary thing to do because even just by verbalizing those thoughts, you're basically saying that something about you or about your life is not right and needs change. And even just doing that in itself is can always be difficult because you are now confronting something which most people will naturally shy away from because it's the easier option. And I'd love to know a little bit more of an insight into that time when you got to that point, what was your daily or weekly life looking like with alcohol? What was it, you know, specifically the emotions or the, the mornings or the hangovers? What did it look like? So I was, I'd, I was living in London um, just before, and that was probably where, where I ramped up to, I was definitely going out three nights a week and all three would be heavy. So when you look at that, you're either sort of hungover or out that entire week when you look at it like that, because the next day's a write-off. 
and the day after you're sort of still struggling through by which point I'd be out again so it sort of got to that point and um yeah I decided to move move out of London so I decided to move back near family in in sort of the Essex coast way then it, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a halfway house because I was still going out a lot in London but I was living outside now so that there was a bit of a a bit of a disconnect which was which I enjoyed like I liked the fact I was away from I guess the sort of livelier stuff and I could dip in and out of it so it was a bit of a halfway house but yeah I I was fully aware that I was sort of at a point where I wasn't very happy with the way I was living my life if you like and you know you know that's the case when you yeah I did it just there's a general feeling the whole time and I knew exactly why that was deep down so yeah I sort of tried tried to do various other bits and pieces but realistically I knew that I had to I had to stop drinking completely because it had got it had got to a point where I was getting away with it so like everything's still fine from a work perspective and a mate's perspective but it was yeah, it was it was becoming a, a big negative and quite an obvious one, and it's not the case for everyone, right? Like I know I know mates that go out a few nights a week and they're and they're fine, like absolutely good as gold. But mine were too heavy and too frequent, and I was feeling too too crap for it to be to, for that to sort of be the future, really. And you look at the next, like I'm I'm early thirties, right? So I thought, how do I want the rest of my life to go? And I like that isn't sustainable what I was doing, probably from a health perspective, but also just from like feeling like that mentally. Like there's no way I can do another 20 years of this. I'd be exhausted and I would look awful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was more just a bit of a how do you want to live your life moment? I sort of being the best version of yourself, which I clearly wasn't. And then, yeah, this was an obvious, obvious route to go down, albeit like a, a scary one, as I say. Well, I remember when you reached out to me, you already had such a great level of self-awareness. You knew what was going on and you you had that ability to visualize where it was going to lead you if if there was no change taking place. And I remember it was kind of inspirational because I knew at that moment that you weren't going to go back to it. I could just, mm. it, it was the same feeling I felt in myself. And I think it was one of the things that really excited me about working with you is it almost felt like I was working with my old self in a way. And, you know, one of the reasons I love doing what I'm doing is because I'm constantly trying to almost heal that, that, Mm. you know, old will, that inner will I have inside me who I didn't help for so many years. And then when you reached out to me, it was just so strikingly similar. It was, it was hard not to get really caught up in it. And I think at the time I was, uh, I was making a lot of memes about drinking and I remember that being I think that might have been a bit of a catalyst for you to reach out I remember you saying you related with them yeah 100 percent like I looked at a few of them and I was like yeah I mean that's basically memes of me so I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't not give them a call after this um but yeah I think the other thing I was going to say like you sort of know something's not right when everyone comments on or a lot of people comment on how much you're drinking so be it like a joke from a mate or be it a comment from a family member which all sound quite off the cuff when you add all of those up, you know that something's a bit awry, don't you, as well? Yeah. Um, but yeah, mate, the sort of the initial chat that we had was was brilliant. And then, yeah, obviously, we've, we've gone from there, haven't we? Yeah, well, I, I, it's, it's funny you mentioned, you know, the comments, the external comments. Mm. And just before I stopped, it was the most I'd ever had of, like, people mentioning it to me or, or showing their concern. 
And at the time, I remember just being really quite defensive. I hadn't fully accepted what state I was in. And I kept just, it almost really angered me that someone would even care about me in a really strange way, I guess. Yeah. Um, You'd have straight, I'd have straight responses. Like I'd have responses like do X, Y, Z and how it's not impacted anything. Like literally almost like stock answers for stuff. But the reason you, you're so spiky is because you know it's ultimately true, right? Yeah. And I think as well, having, you know, both lived in London, we know how much that city and that culture, we value ourselves on our work. You know, work comes above everything. So I always think that if your work is okay, it's almost like that's a justification. Like, you're drinking a lot. Yeah, but my work is fine. So, you know, I must be okay. And I don't know if that was the same for you, but that was definitely in my mind. I kept thinking, as long as work is okay, then I'm okay. Yeah, I think you use work as an excuse. Um, and so, yeah, obviously everything was, was going fine on that front. So you use that as an excuse. And then you say, look, I've got got enough, like we've got, got loads of mates and I'm like having a good time. And, and really you almost talk yourself around to think that everything's fine. But yeah, ultimately I just wasn't, wasn't as happy as I, as I should have been really in that. And that was why. Yeah. And I, I like for me around that time when I was going to stop from the outside looking inwards, everything about my life was great. You know, I had a great job. I love my job. I had a great flat. I had great friends. Everything seemed perfect. And yet on the inside, I felt horrendous. I was filled with kind of the anxiety um, through the drugs I was taking and through the alcohol mm. and, and also the shame and the guilt and almost this inside internal battle I was having with myself. But mm. no one could see it from the outside. And I, I, I never showed anyone that either. And I, I wondered, does that resonate with you? Does that sound similar? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you, you put on a good front, don't you? And you sort of, and it's easy to do that when you're out as well because you've had a few drinks. So yeah, um, yeah, I think that's the case. And uh, to be honest, mate, if I if I think back on it now, as I say, with with sort of a clear clear head on it, I was exhausted, and I mean like mentally and physically, like going to bed like four a.m. or whatever, having had, oh, it's no point counting units or whatever, but like an aggressive amount of booze. And then I'd always have 20 cigarettes when I'd go out as well. And I mean, that really, ta that really takes its toll just generally. And it's not, it's not the day after. It's just, that is just generally you then. That's you 24 seven, how, how I was starting to feel just generally run down, mentally tired. And like the, like everything in life becomes like a bit of a struggle. Like I felt as I was struggling through life a bit and it shouldn't be like that, should it? Like, life should be enjoyable but it felt like everything every aspect of life was becoming a struggle because I just felt so crap all the time and that's I mean for me like it's each to their own right like I mean I, I know loads of people that that can can sort of do that and it's fine but and what that wasn't for me anymore like you can't you can't live your entire life like that would be absolutely shattered and probably shave a fair few years off as well in hindsight but yeah do you know what? it's it's interesting you say that because that was a thought I used to have was why is doing nothing so difficult why is just a normal day of life so draining and so <laughs> so yeah just so awful I it's it's amazing how just and you know this now mm. how just being you and present and just a normal day actually feels really easy and really good and yeah. this is where I'm so excited to speak to you about this because it's been just over a hundred days of not drinking and I've almost ridden the wave with you because mm -hmm. you've had the most incredible pink cloud of kind of, as soon as you stopped, it was such a 
positive experience and you know i'm saying that just from an outside view i want to hear what kind of what were the especially the first couple of weeks what 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 was that like in your head having cut it out i think well really optimistic um and i think that was because of how we spoke about stuff so it was all about just looking about how how good things can be as opposed to missing going out and doing that sort of stuff and I think I was I was very, very optimistic and excited because I knew I was sort of done. You know, as you say, you have that moment and it wasn't I wasn't taking a break. I was like, right, this is in for the long haul. But yeah, the way we I was I was nervous a bit because I started to look too far ahead. So I was like, I've done a week or two and I feel absolutely amazing. But then I was looking ahead and you sort of gave me the the good advice of just sort of looking at it one day at a time and just forget about that for now. And then, yeah, I think within a couple of weeks, mate, I started, obviously, energy comes back and I started to have a very, very, a very clear head, way more energy, a load more sleep. And I generally, my, my mood was better almost straight away. And I, the thing that I said to you, I think, at the beginning was, I feel as though I've like doubled my time, if that makes sense, because my weekends were almost non-existent because I was out and then I was asleep and then it was Monday again. Whereas the weekends felt really, really weirdly long. So I was fitting in like, I don't know, six different things in a weekend, which would usually take me like a couple of months to get through. And I mean, yeah. like, in terms of meeting up with people and seeing people and stuff. So yeah, it was it, it was awesome the first couple of weeks. And then it, it just gets better from there on, really. Well, I remember you sent me a message in the early days saying mm. what you'd done that weekend. <laughs> Even for me, I was like, what? This is crazy. Like you've, you've, you've basically tripled your time now. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, one thing, one thing I love which you mentioned is you know, and something I really stand by is focusing on the positives of what's about to happen. Yeah. So often when we decide to stop drinking, we kind of enter that victim mentality like we're the ones that have done something wrong. We're the ones that have a problem. We're the ones that are going to miss out. But instead, if you just flip that around in your head and you think, wow, maybe everyone else is going to miss out or already is missing out because now I've been given this gift where I can do whatever I want. I have the freedom. I have the energy. I have the mentality i have the finances now because i'm not blowing it all every weekend and it's for me it is just ultimate freedom and yeah. and having that positive mindset makes it so much easier or at least it did for me and it looks like it did for you from the outside yeah and it's your choice right like my, i i chose to do this and it's not for everyone so like if if you if you're fine you're fine but i i definitely this is my choice and it was a brilliant one because my life's infinitely better within the last three months already and it's it seems like seems like longer than that but every aspect now every single aspect without fail of my life is better since i've stopped drinking so like so you go on from those two weeks and relationships are better i feel like really healthy really really clear-headed any sort of anxiety that you'd usually get is is completely eradicated um and you, you just, like, I enjoy the simple stuff now. Like, I, whereas I used to go and see, say, like my niece and nephew and stuff, I'd go around and I'd be a bit ropey. And and again, you sort of struggle through those situations. Well, now, like you, you like you love doing that stuff and you enjoy you enjoy it a lot more. Like I enjoy going and seeing my my family, my mates, and yes, yeah, I tell you what, I know this. Maybe this is the wrong thing to say. It's not been as difficult as I thought it would be. And I don't know if that's the right thing to say or not. No, to be honest, it's it's something that we always, you know, I say that, but it's it, there's almost this guilt to it because a lot of people do find it very difficult to stop. 
Whereas I agree with you, when I stopped, it wasn't difficult because I'd made these almost black and white decisions in my mind and saw it in a positive way. Yeah. And I've seen other people do that too. And there was this book that I, I read years ago when I was trying to stop smoking, which I'm sure a lot of people know, which is um, The Easy Way to Stop Smoking by Alan Carr. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I read it and it basically was saying, it's only as difficult as we think it's going to be. You know, most people always say stopping smoking is so difficult. So obviously when you start, you've already got this preconception. This is going to be a really, really tough battle. When yeah. in fact, what if you go in saying, do you know what? I'm going to make this super easy. This is going to be the easiest thing I've done because I'm going to focus on how good it's going to get. And I don't focus on missing out. I don't focus on the negatives of what used to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely smash this. And when you have that mentality, which you did, I can see how powerful it is. So it's, it's, I, I fully agree. It can be as easy as you want it to be in, in certain ways. Yeah. You, you know, the difficult bits though, right? So like I used to love, having a beer and I still do like I like I enjoy a beer so the thought of never having a beer again was was an awful one like horrendous like going to the pub and everyone having a beer and me having a, a diet coke or whatever seemed seemed rubbish um, and obviously all the benefits aside there's obviously a few things you think you'll miss and I remember having a chat with you about whether I would sort of drink soft drinks or whatever like and I thought the non-alcoholic stuff was a bit of a bad idea because I didn't know whether I'd then be like oh like I've had a Heineken Zero. I might have, might, might have a cheeky ten pints of Guinness, like so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, actually, that that's been that's been a bit of a. I completely changed my mind on that. So I still go to the pub. I was at the pub last night. I, I went to the pub in to see the boys um, in near London Bridge, and it was just it's the same as normal. Like you have you have a pint. Just mine doesn't have any alcohol in, and the evening is is identical. And I I enjoyed. I enjoyed meeting up with people and socialising a lot more since I've stopped drinking because um, the interactions I find are better from me because I, I look back on it and I thought I'd had a good night, but really I was very hammered, probably a bit sloppy, talking loads of shit. And I, I probably didn't get that much out of it. Whereas now, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy dinners and stuff loads more. Like I actually appreciate the food instead of like crushing back a load of wine and forgetting about it. Yeah, just, yeah, it's 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 just better as opposed it's just different it's not worse it's different yeah so much and what you said before uh, just going back to it you said obviously you've done 100 days but it feels like more mm. i i fully believe that's because we suddenly have more time and you're more present and mm. you know with that i feel like you know i'm i'm going to be 5 years in may but it feels three times as long as the previous 10 years where i was drinking that went by in a flash because i wasn't really there for any of it in a way whereas the past five years i've been constantly here and constantly present with everything going on and I, I i know you have that mindset where it feels feels like so much longer when you're doing this you know <laughs> even though you know I, I i think 100 days is it's just such an unbelievable achievement but i can imagine in your head it feels like 200 days <laughs> yeah exactly no i saw it's a weird one because when you first start i got like i used to just check it it seems as though that goes by quite slowly. It felt like the first couple of weeks, you're like, oh, like what sort of every day? You're like, oh, that's good. And then now I sort of forget about it. And then it just ticks up the other day. And I was like, oh, well, it's, that's hit that hit that sort of milestone or whatever. Yeah. But no, for me now, um, because it's a decision, not like no one's told me to do this. That's what makes it easier, right? It's like I've decided to do it because ultimately my life's better without it. And everyone's got 
got their own personal decision, haven't they? And their own sort of relationship with stuff. And like, this is the right call for me. And it might not be for some other people. And it definitely might be for, for others. So, yeah, own, isn't it? And I remember when you first reached out to me, there was one big concern on your end, which was you had a wedding coming up uh, yeah. three months later. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's so it's so normal. You know, when I stopped, I kept thinking about the big special occasions like, oh, what about my my birthday? What about what if I get married? What if all these huge things? How do you how do you not drink on those occasions? And I remember it was a very similar thought process from you. And there was something I said, which I remember you really kind of taking mm. to which was like you know like we talk about you know just one day at a time but just to anchor your thoughts and visualize getting into bed and putting your head on that pillow mm. without drinking and yeah. i think i said it probably two or three times during our first call yeah. remember at the end you're like i really yeah i really like that idea and i just wanted to see if that's actually uh, something that that did help yeah massively so i i think it's just what what you did really well with me was i'm i'm like a classic well, like very analytical, probably similar to you in that respect, and um, yeah. like like over overthink stuff or think too far ahead, like quite down the line. So when we first had the conversation, I I basically said to you, look, I I think this is going to be a great option for me. However, I've got this wedding in South Africa in three months, and that like it was inconceivable that I wouldn't drink at that wedding, like absolutely inconceivable. Even when I was talking to you, I was like, I have no idea how that happens, like. Um, and you just brought it right back to, well, just forget forget about it. And like, like this week, what's coming up? And I sort of maybe have a dinner on a Thursday and a couple of other bits. And it's, I think, just the the initial first few weeks. Certainly, it's just like tackling those situations in isolation. So I think where you would give would just like sort of you can basically play through what's going to happen. So you go into a restaurant, you with X Y Z we'll probably be having wine and then you just don't have one. And it actually becomes quite simple after that, because once you, once you don't, then that's it. And you just enjoy the rest of your meal or your evening and, and everything's fine. And then you just sort of tackle the next one. And then after a while, once you tick off all those boxes, cause we did it right. Like my first trip to a pub or my first trip to a restaurant. And then you start ticking all these off until there's not a lot, a lot left to tick now. So it's just the norm. And I think it's, you know, these these events we have or the gravity they have on us or the hold they have on us is just dependent on how much we how much attention we give them, you know, and that was mm. that was kind of it. If we kept seeing that wedding as some big, scary thing, it would probably remain that. Whereas if mm. you go through all like the 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 step by step and every time you do that and you let's say you go to the pub, you don't drink, you go to the restaurant, you don't drink. It's almost like you level up and then you level up mm. and then you level up. To the point that when you got to the wedding, I I remember you just you you called yourself a non-drinker and you know it was inconceivable that you would have a drink, which is so crazy when you think about it. Yeah, it's mad. And actually, I, it almost I would say it becomes easier over the course of time because in the first couple of weeks, and certainly for someone who would go out and booze quite a lot, when you say to people, "Oh, look, I'm stopping drinking," everyone's like, "Yeah, all right, good one." Like there's apps, like you get no sort of <laughs> no credibility yeah. at all. And you sort of have to earn that in a way. So like you do do a couple of weeks and then you do a month. And then by the time I'd, I'd got to the wedding, and this is like one of my best mates, Jared from, from uni and Liv. And um, yeah, by the time I got there, I was quite comfortable saying, no, look, I, I don't drink anymore. Um, and the wedding was on Jared's old old man's vineyard, which was lovely. And we went there for the first first sort of day and there was a wine tasting. And I, 
I just said, look, I, I've, I've stopped drinking. I don't drink anymore. And I haven't for three months. And it's quite, it was quite liberating actually, because when you say it like that, it's very definitive. And I think people are, people are more curious than anything. Like it's like, Oh, what happened? Like that's, that's the sort of general question I'd get. And you say, look, I, nothing happened. I just, I just chose to chose to stop. And then <laughs> when you sort of speak the logic behind it, like I used to feel pretty rubbish and now I feel amazing for not, then it's quite difficult to argue with. So yeah, it was, I mean, that was, that was a big sort of milestone for me in terms of huge social setting. I did the speech at that one and, like there was loads and loads of vineyard tours. So if ever there was a sort of baptism of fire or anything, that was it. But... Yeah, I mean, that sounds like the epitome of what <laughs> would be a challenge for a non-drinker. You go to your best friend's wedding in yeah. South Africa doing vineyard tours. Like the fact that you got there and there was just no desire. Like it was, it was, you know, it was at that moment you knew and I knew this is it. You are completely solidified in this. I think we knew that before that wedding, but the fact that you went there and it's just one of those things you can look back on and think that was such a, a big, scary thing when I first started. Mm. And it actually oh, turned yeah. into such an incredible experience. I mean, I think you climbed Table Mountain four or five times, right? Well, well yeah. Like if I if I play through the two two trips I would have had, I mean, both <laughs> both would have been funny, but one, one would have been more detrimental than the other. But like... It, like I would have got really binned on the wine tasting. I would have like that, that it would have been a bit of a blur. But instead, I was I was up early every morning and I went with my mate um Dino to Cape Town afterwards. And instead of sort of spending most of the day in bed and, and most of the evenings getting binned, sort of in bed by by eleven or whatever, and then you'd get up and just smash the day. So like climb Table Mountain at sunrise. And then just have like a lovely lunch by the beach and just like the whole day was like so, so enjoyable. And yeah, just did that, did that on repeat. But it was a, a wildly different trip to the one that I would have had if I'd gone gone a year before. And much better, by the way. Like it was it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it it just looked absolutely incredible. But yeah, now so you're you're just gone a hundred days. And I just kind of wonder what the mindset is like now. Do you still kind of think about the days? Does does alcohol enter your mind or is there any challenges you have left or do you feel kind of free from it now? Um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because enough time's passed, really. I, I'd say I don't think about it now. I feel as I've ticked most of the boxes in terms of events and everything. And what's quite nice now is like, the reaction I got from people was, was way more positive than I thought it was going to be. So like from family, it was really positive, like, my mum, my sister, etc., were over the moon when I said I was stopping drinking, which is obviously a bit of a telltale. And all of my mates were like, "Oh, mate, like, good for you." And I thought I'd get a lot more. I guess you get obviously get a bit of a ribbing for it, which is fine because I give out enough myself. But but everyone's been like, been really positive about it, and it's it's not had any detrimental impact to stop drinking, if that makes sense. So the positives are obvious, but you feel as though you're going to miss out on stuff or but that, none of that's happened. Like I've, I still go on the same same nights out. Still see the same same people, and yeah, it's it's just been great, really. It's almost like you've you've kept all the positive things and just cut away the negative. Pretty much, yeah. And I, I'm just trying to think if there's any. No, mate. I look. If I'm completely honest, and I'd love to, I'd love to say that there would like. I feel as though there's going to be loads more difficulties and stuff to overcome, but I, I don't think there is because. 
it's not like anyone's made me do this. That's the difference. You know, if someone's told you like, oh, you need to, you need to do this, you need to stop drinking. And it's been like mandated by someone, but this is my decision and something I've chosen to do. So it's, like, it's, it's all coming from me, isn't it? So no, I don't, I don't see any mate. Just exciting, really. And this was one thing which uh, I saw in you, which obviously most people's concern is how other people are going to react when, mm. when you tell them. And I remember there were those concerns where you're like, I've got to tell uh, my best mates or I'm going to tell my family. Yeah. And the one thing that was so surprising was that everyone took it really well. There was, there was yeah. rare, I don't think you had much negativity at all anywhere, did you? <laughs> Not really. I had a few weird comments from my mates, like, I said, like, I've stopped drinking and like, I won't drink again. Like I'm done now. And they went, well, what happened? Can we still like, can we still go for a pint this weekend at the pub? And I was like, yeah, mate, like we'll go to the pub. You'll have a beer and I'll have a beer. Just mine won't have any alcohol in. That's the only, and they were like, oh, right. Okay, sweet. So <laughs> <laughs> when you get past that, people were, um, people were fine about it. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's this misconception we have. Whereas if you stop drinking alcohol, you suddenly, it's almost like the devil. You can't be around it. You're super uncomfortable or... <laughs> yeah. No, and it's not... almost, the idea that everyone's very kind of sensitive to that is almost an affectionate thing, just making sure that you're going to be okay in a way. It, it can make people uncomfortable. But yeah, once you put it as, as simple as you do, and it's it's so logical, you're like, yeah, we're both going to sit there. You have alcohol in yours. I don't have alcohol in mine. That, that's literally it. <laughs> it's literally it, yeah. No, I'm trying to think, I probably, I had a couple of weird comments, like... Um, when I was in France with the boys, some, like, I wasn't drinking and someone went, oh, are you in recovery? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not in recovery. I, uh, I used to drink and I felt like crap and now I don't and I feel great. And it's just that it's a personal choice, right? So that's one I've decided to make. Like other people don't and that's, that's brilliant for them. But for me, this is by far and away the best decision I've ever made from a, from a life, life perspective. Um, and yeah, I, do you know the other thing that, that we spoke about before it was it was sort of the reasons why and I think this is why I find it a bit easier like I drank purely for pleasure or or just like the effect of of having a drink so like to de-stress and just to enjoy it so the the external pressure and stuff from people hasn't really been an issue it's like where people go like oh go on go on have a pint like that almost sends me the other way and I'm like oh no sort of <laughs> I'm, I'm, fine, I'm fine without cheers um so that sort of made it a little bit easier, not having that, I guess, sort of tendency to bow to peer pressure or whatever. That's that's not been there. So that might have made things slightly better. Yeah. I think uh, in that respect, you were very similar to me because I don't think pressure was that much of a thing for me. I, you know, if anything, I was the one putting pressure on people, you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, to be honest, you know, still being a part of your journey and watching it from the very beginning when you reached out to to now it's it is like two different people it's you know there's the old dan and the new dan and mm. you know like you say it's just it's just night and day it's crazy how much better and it's this is one thing that makes it so crazy is like you say there's no negatives no. everything gets better so it's it's almost it should be like an easy sell to people yeah you say listen this you like imagine you take this tablet it is going to fix every single issue in every area of your life. <laughs> and, and why would you like this? You actually save money as well. You don't have to, you don't have to spend anything. It'd be like, Oh yeah, well, of course I'm going to take that, but it's still kind of, there's the skepticism around it. Yeah. And I think it's, it's very much a social stigma. You know, if you say you don't drink, it can be confusing. It can be seen as boring or, and it's, it's kind of, 
it's definitely in my eyes drinking is more of a cult than anything else because it's almost like we're drinkers till we die this is what we do and we are we we swear an allegiance to the to the bottle it's it's kind of crazy <laughs> well look I, and look i can't i w- i was the same like if someone came up to me a year ago and said like oh i'm just gonna have heineken zeros or whatever i probably would have been like what like why like i i was the worst person for that so i completely get it but yeah it's I think well, that's what I was going to say. I, I think you just need to own it in those situations. So you're always going to have a few awkward comments, potentially, um, and not so much after a while with your mates, but with people that don't know you, maybe you're more likely to get stuff. Um, but you just need to own it, don't you? Like, I don't drink and it's, and that's like my decision and just crack on with it because it doesn't impact anyone else, right? You still, they still have the same night. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what? It's, I, I love talking to you, mate, because. You know, it, it it can in a way just feel like I'm talking very much to myself because everything you say, I'm like, it's exactly what I thought. Yeah, that's 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 completely it. But I know I know how much, you know, anyone who listens to this is just going to be so inspired by by you and like the optimism, the, the positivity you do it with. So, May, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and, and chatting today because, uh, you know, I've 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 loved it and I know you're going to help so many people with that. Yeah, no, no worries at all, buddy. Yeah, good to catch up. Thank you for listening. If you or someone else you know struggles with alcohol, cocaine or any other drug, then please reach out for help. You can find the link to my online course, the online community and all the coaching programs both on this podcast description or by clicking the link on my social media profile. Trust me, you are not alone and there is a way out. All you need to do is make that first step. I hope you enjoyed this, but even more so, I really hope it helps. Mm